Happy Monday, friends. This is episode 14 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato here with my friend and co-host, Joe Fan. Joe, you had a weekend, didn't you? Had a good weekend. We had a good weekend. We, we had did. some friends in town. Our, our good buddies, Chris Carter and Chris Long, were here. That content's coming soon. Friends, yeah. yeah, we're on the same team. The Blue Wire <laughs> Win Bet team. So it was a lot of fun. I also had a buddy from Seattle in town. Uh, we played golf. We went downtown Vegas, which I hadn't been downtown Vegas before. So we went to dinner. It was kind of a cool, you've been, yes, I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's this cool kind of bar strip area where it's just a bunch of bars and the, it's, it's awesome. But you see all these lights down. What I've learned is Fremont Street. Fremont Street. What <laughs> a place that is. What a place. Have you been? You've been. I, I, I have been, yeah. I went, um, it was after something with my friend Tyler okay. over at ESPN. He said, I got to bring you to one place if you haven't been yet in Vegas. It's like and three blocks yeah. of madness. Absolute insanity. There's a place there where you can go eat, and if you're over 350 pounds, yes, it's, it's free. free. And there's a scale outside to check. <laughs> yeah, man. There was one, and I. this is what happened. I went on, my buddy went on just to, I don't know, wonder how much we weigh. The guy steps on behind us. He, it was never. like 352. And everyone around us, because there's tons of people on the streets, started cheering for him. It's just bananas. <laughs> you go into the place, everyone's wearing hospital bibs. And you can only pay. Oh, I didn't know that. And you, it's cash only because on the wall it says, you might not live long enough for the check to clear. Oh. Wow. And <laughs> but, that was the beginning. I was going to say, I'm sure that's not the craziest no, thing you saw in Fremont That's the beginning. <laughs> that's where it starts and you go all the way down. I'm getting whipped randomly by like you know, <laughs> not even street performers. It's just, just women random, with whips. Just random women. And then look at you, there's Joe. 10 million different kind of street performers. We got drummers here. We got drummers there. We got one band here. It's just noise. It's sensory overload. It was wild. And I, I don't have like a take. I don't have a, a final take other than wow. So you've been whipped. You're officially a Vegas. Fan. I was like, can you do that? I just like walked by. I was like, hey. There's no rules here. My Joe. goodness. You're learning. <laughs> You're learning. Um, so that's interesting. We also had a good weekend of football question mark. I, don't I think said we at did. the beginning of the week that I week seven hated was this lame. Late, did not like this late. Watching the games, I was glad I only had my parlay. And then I went out on a limb, which leads us into our discussion of victory lap and hold this L. I'm going to start with the victory lap. I want to start off on the good note. I had start the, with the positive. Yeah, I had I the like Patriots. That. I had the Patriots Packers in a parlay. Um, zero sweat with my guys over in New England, which I was pretty confident in. I said I expected it to be – I thought it was going to be a closer game than the game we saw between them and the Jets in week two. It ended up being even more of a blowout. Um, and then the Packers, I, I sweat at a few points during the game. Like, are they really going to be the ones to ruin this parlay against Washington? But they pulled through as well. Um, my L is a different story, but let's hear your victory lap first. That, as far as parlays go, especially against the spread, it's about as sweat-free as you could get. So good picks yeah. on your yeah. part. Thank you. I have a big victory lap. My winning pick was Bengals money line at plus 225. Mm-hmm. I was all in them with a teaser, with the spread, but I, I knew that this team had a chance to win uh, because, A, I think the line of, of five and a half or six, wherever you got it, was an overreaction to the Ravens beating the Chargers on what yeah. was the absolute worst day the Chargers could possibly have where they weren't converting on third down, they weren't converting on fourth down, and they were getting torched on the ground. And we knew that was a bad matchup going in because the Chargers don't defend the run well. Yeah. The Bengals play defense. Sam Hubbard is a monster. Larry Ogunjabi is a monster. This team is really good. 
Trey Hendrickson, monster. You look at the offense, Jamar Chase, mm, so monster. Good. Yeah. Dude's on pace for 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. Just yeah. give him the award <laughs> for Offensive Rookie of the Year right now. Yeah, I need to stop. I mean, a true game breaker. Mm-hmm. Dude catches a, a seven-yard slant, breaks three tackles, spins out of it, and is gone. He's completely transformed this offense and to a point where it's only seven games in, and all the people who criticized them, and I think rightly so, there's a case to be made that they made the wrong choice and should have taken Panay Sewell to protect Joe Burrow's blind side since you already have T. Higgins yeah. and Tyler Boyd on the roster. Wow, that pick has aged well for them immediately. Mm-hmm. And not to say Panay Sewell won't be an all-pro left tackle, but Jamar Chase already looks like an elite receiver. Eight catches on 10 targets. That's the other thing, the efficiency there for 201 yards and a touchdown. Uh, CJ Uzama's playing like Rob Gronkowski. Ooh, yeah. Joe right? Burrow. That's what I think every time. Joe Burrow, 416 and three. Mm-hmm. He's got multiple touchdown passes in every single game this season. Talk about a sweat free. A sweat free plus 225. Oh, so I'm so mad. Pick. I'm so mad. I kept saying, and people kept asking me, should I take the Bengals? I'm like, yeah, you should. You should. I'm like, why didn't I? So for all the ones oh. I get wrong, and there are many. Man. As we'll get to here in a moment, yeah. I was on this game right the, the whole way, and gosh, the, the Bengals proved me right. 41-17, the Bengals are now in first place all by themselves in the AFC North. This team is legit. Do we expect we're going to see more respect for them going forward? You would I, think. I think so, right? The situation like we had with Arizona. Um, and, and speaking of Arizona, <laughs> my L this week is I went with the Texans, guys. 18 points, and we saw it go up even more before kickoff. And I thought, at some point, I was like, hold on, wait a minute, this might actually happen. Texans were leading, two points, but, but they were leading in the, in the first quarter. And then, yeah, no, it didn't happen. But I'm going to hold the L, and I'm going to hold it proud you because, to. you know, 18 points is a lot. And they had a few opportunities, they didn't capitalize, and they didn't cover. There but are times when, when, you, when you, you take an L and they say, you know what, I was with you. The second you made that pick, I was like, <laughs> Claudia, what are you doing? Hey, <laughs> you know what? I have to say, uh, uh, our producer's back there. I was like thinking, and I told you, I was like, I hate this slate, but I want to put oh, a few picks out there. Oh, you're trying to share and the no, L? No, no. Oh, you're trying share. to share the L. It was a little, no. No, I admit, I love Arizona. You know I love Arizona. Wow. But I said the Texans kept my Patriots to a close game. They kept the Browns to a close game. I think there's a chance, and there wasn't, you know. Arizona's a great team, and the Texans aren't, period. I'm holding the L. Outside of that game against your Patriots, I'm Oh, I'm fully aware. I'm the, the Texans have scored eight points in their other three games over the last month. Yeah, that's the last time I'll, you know. And then before that, it was just nine against the Panthers. Right. Nine against the Panthers, zero against the Bills, and they had 22 against the Pats. Right. Three right. against the Colts, five against the Cardinals. This team isn't scoring often. Yeah, period. so we're done with that. Unless I get 30. Yeah, you Which, say, yeah, <laughs> you get 30. 30. And you still might would, not win that. I, would, I still I would wouldn't touch 30. that game. I would take 30. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a predictable L that uh, I, I appreciate you sharing with our producers. It's super kind of you. Yeah, you know, I'm all about sharing. I have a number of L's to take this week, uh, particularly as it pertains to quarterbacks that I thought were going to be better. Mm. Number one, the Panthers are a really bad football team. <laughs> they are now three and four. They lost 25-3 to to the New York Giants, who got embarrassed the week prior against the Rams. 
Sam Darnold goes 16 of 25 for 111 yards in a pick. He gets benched for P.J. Walker, who oh. goes 3 of 14 for 33 yards. Yeah. I get that you're missing, missing Christian McCaffrey. He's an incredible player, but it shouldn't be this bad for a player who's been in the league as long as he has and looked yeah. really good. Good, yeah. And so I bought in. I bought in through a couple of weeks that he had turned the corner and then it had beat the Texans, which doesn't mean anything, obviously, as we know. And it's been not, I mean, not just like, ah, oh, he's taking a step back. It's like fully back to New York Jets version of Sam Darnold, so which is disappointing. My question is, when you watch him, what do you think is the biggest reason? Like, what? The decision-making is terrible. Okay. The confidence looks gone. I mean, yeah. it's all of that where, I mean, we remember the infamous Monday Night Game against the Patriots where he said he's seeing, seeing ghosts. ghosts. Yep. I mean, and that's what you're seeing. Nothing's on time. Yeah. Nothing. The decisions are poor. He's turning the ball over again in bunches. And, and there are a couple other quarterbacks. I won't be as long-winded here because I want to get to our guest. But Jalen Hurts mm. continues to be underwhelming. That Eagles yeah. offense was firing on all cylinders against the Falcons in week one. I wanted to buy in that Miles Sanders, uh, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, who's now gone but was there, yeah. Jalen Rager, I wanted to buy in. And then, obviously, our friends in Chicago are having a tough week as well. 38-3, to the Bucks smoked the Bears. But Justin Fields, and you saw the image of him on, on the bench looking yeah. just absolutely dejected. The other two I'm more concerned about, I think there's legitimate concern with Sam Darnold and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Justin Fields, you want your rookie quarterback to come out and play lights out from week one, from the jump, especially when you see how Mac Jones is playing to see you, when you especially when you see the progression from Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look comfortable at all. Right. Talk about seeing going. This isn't a dude that's that's – feels like he's, again, I use the word comfortable, but that's a huge part of it. Not comfortable in the system. Matt Nagy has to go. There's been two different times now in these last couple of weeks where he has been told in his headset that, uh, hey, the defense has 12 men, quick snap it, quick snap it. He takes a snap thinking he's got a free play, and he doesn't. Yeah. That's on the coaching staff. So he's not in a position to be set up to win, but he's also just not ready yet, which is, is a disappointing because all of us comprehensively were, were pulling for him to be in there compared to Andy Dalton. Right, which I think is – sort of a good thing in their silver lining. It's like he doesn't really have the pieces to be good, but we know there's a ceiling. He's so young that we're going to have to give that time where you're right, Sam Darnold, it's like you've had your chances. At this point, you know, he is who he is. Yeah, yep. yeah, I agree. So I'm holding all three of those L's. All right, wow. See, you, you really take that responsibility. I, I gotta, I'm I gotta, all about transparency here. I love here. that. No, we love that. And your boy takes a lot of L's, so we just get used to yeah, it, you yeah. know? <laughs> but that Bengals money line was sexy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to definitely stay on the Bengals. I agree with you there. All right. Shall we bring in our guest? Every Monday we have our senior traders on, and today we're joined by senior trader Grant Tucker. Woo. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Two weeks in a row, man. There we, we go. Got Appreciate you coming in, man. All right, Grant, let's get into week seven. We just talked about some of our games and where we won and where we lost. We're going to start where you guys won, and then we're going to get into the book's losses. We're going to go with Giants-Panthers to begin with. We just talked about it a little bit. Giants win 25-3 at home. Panthers opened as the favorite here, three and a half. It got bet to three. Danny Dimes getting it done with his arms, his legs. He was looking athletic. Uh, the numbers weren't outstanding. He went 23 of 33, 203 yards, a touchdown, but he looked good, which I think sometimes the eye test plays into a little more uh, than just the numbers. The Panthers, we talked about it hurting without McCaffrey. Sam Darnold, not living up to the hype. We went into depth on that. Heading into this game, we saw 90% of the handle on the Panthers spread here. As a book, 
How did your expectations compare to the result of this game? We kind of always have liked the Giants this entire season. Like, our numbers really favor them. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, they've been banged up early in the year. And, uh, yeah, so we kind of were welcoming Panthers money, and we definitely got it. I mean, 76% of the tickets were on Carolina. And so, I mean, it was an ugly game, but that result right there, that, that's what we're looking for. Daniel Jones is another guy who I just want to believe in. And we see mm. so many moments from him where you're like, this dude, one, dude's a legit athlete. Like, not just He's, sneaky yeah. fast for a quarterback, just fast. fast. And you see the one-handed grab on that pass from Dante Pettis. They, do, they run the Philly special. Dante Pettis, Beautiful. a terrible throw. <laughs> Danny Dimes goes and makes a one-handed grab that gets lit up, pops yeah. back up, and goes back to the huddle. He is quarterback, wide receiver one, RB1. <laughs> yeah, that, that was shades of Odell right there. I'm telling That's you. That's sick. <laughs> Dude is a legit athlete. We want to talk about versatility, what guys can do, you know, different things. I think we got a fan out here. Are you a, you're a fan? Okay, hey, all right. Go. He's Giants a Danny Dimes fan. fan. We love that. Kicking at the studio here at the win. <laughs> awesome. it, it, it's funny, the quick pivot, but on Saturday yeah. when we were here, we're used to, we're Monday mornings, Thursday mornings, so yeah. the, the casino floor is a little bit quiet. On Saturday, when we had Chris Long, Chris Carter here, the studio was full. We had like a whole yeah, it was viewing popping. audience out there. People had their cell phones filming because they're like, is that Claudia Bellafato? Yeah, they were all here for guy? me. Actually, they were like, Chris Carter, who's, who's that? that? Like, oh, is that Claudia <laughs> Bellafato and Joe Fan? That's probably not his real name. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> yeah. So Giants game. So so you guys expected. You, you've been on the Giants and you're going to stay on the Giants. Are you going to fade the Panthers even more going forward now, or did you expect uh, I also don't this? get why you like the Giants. They're 2-5. and five. They're not good. <laughs> I mean, they look pretty good to me. I know. Ooh. Yeah. I know. So, this is just another ally. My question is, when you're setting lines, like, for this game, what's the first step? You're like, all right, let's do the quarterback matchup. Because, like, when you're capping a baseball game, it's like, yes, you start with the starting pitchers, then you go through the starting rotation, bullpen, all that. For this game, did you look at these two quarterbacks, and that's kind of where you started with setting lines? So we have our guy Sawyer Johnson in the room, and he's got a crazy NFL model. So he puts out his number, and so that's kind of – we kind of go off that. We look at the market. We look at his number. We kind of shade one way or the other. Okay. And for whatever reason, his numbers love the Giants. He's loved we, – because we're putting up the win totals as the season's going on mm. as well. Can you tell us what his number was? Ooh, I want to say he had like – Because it was two and a half. Yeah. It was, something, it was probably like 2.1, 2.2, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotta hit up Sawyer for my picks next. Yeah, you probably the numbers should. love the Giants yeah, you, and you Danny. Got, you gotta get involved with Sawyer for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. smart dude. Uh, the second best win for you guys was the Rams win, 28-19 at home against the Lions. Uh, this was the second biggest spread of the week, aside from the Arizona game. Rams went from the 16-point favorite to 15 and a half. We only saw 52% of the money though on the Rams spread but 72% of the tickets on Detroit. And we know why, because the public loves the big spreads, like me taking the Texans with 18 points. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people were feeling good with this game at first, because again, the Lions were winning in the first quarter. Um, they traded some leads back and forth too. It's not like they were leading and then it was a massive blowout, but eventually Stafford decided to flex his muscles on his former team. Rams pulled through. Um, and Joe, you and I talked about this before the show. Dan Campbell, man, he gave it his all, and I want to want to love this team, but it's just, it's so hard. Dan Campbell coached this game like he was Boise State against <laughs> Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl. They're pulling out two fake punts, <laughs> an onside kick in the first quarter. They pulled out all the stops, and I love it, and that's what makes Dan Campbell a guy where you look at different coaches and even ones that are struggling, 
Robert Sala is having a tough time. Matt Nagy, obviously, that I mean we know he's out. But this guy is is establishing a culture where everyone, I guarantee you, every player in that locker room, even though they're 0-7, would say, I love playing for this guy. Yeah. And so if you can find a way to maintain that culture, you get the first overall pick. They've been competitive. They've had heartbreaking losses. This was a game they covered pretty comfortably. Now, I think if they play this game 10 more times, the Rams cover eight of them because, again, you can't count on all of that, you know, misdirection and, and trick plays and all that every single week. But credit to them for taking those chances and not just saying, hey, we're going to try to beat these guys straight up because we know we're not good enough. Right. I like that. I imagine for you guys, love to see them cover but not win. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to love Dan Campbell. I mean, the guy's leaving it all out there. Like he's talking said. about biting kneecaps, I, I crying at pressers. <laughs> if he's going to cry after a game, it's got to be that one. I mean, he went into his bag of tricks so deep. I mean, in the first and they quarter. they all worked. Yeah, they did. They so, all worked. So yeah. my question then for you, if we're talking about respect moving forward, because the Rams are a good team, does this make you guys want to have less respect for the Rams going forward, more for the Lions, or is this just sort of – Dan did literally everything he could. <laughs> There's going to be spots in the NFL season where, you know, they kind of play down to the competition. Like, I would imagine the Rams were like, we can kind of smoke these guys, you know, kind of just going three-quarter effort. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the Lions are that team. They get inside the number a lot, especially in the second half. You know, they're, they're a gritty team. Covering Campbell. Yep. That's what they call him. I mentioned that 72% of the tickets were on Detroit heading into this because of the big spread. Did we see that earlier in the week? Did we see that kind of more of those tickets come in before kickoff what did that look like yeah i mean when the games have a big spread like this they're not as popular as you think they would be like if you yeah. just look at it in terms of handle you just go game by game you know that no one's really interested in these big lines you know because nfl games typically you know they're close you know one two possession no one was really involved in this but we did take a big bet right before the game started on the rams and so that's why it was such a big such a big win for the house Cooper Cup, 10 catches 13 on 13 targets, 156 and two. He's on pace to break uh, Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record in a single season. He has been ridiculous. He's always wide open. Like I love say. the Cooper Cup wide open play. It's just the best play in football. Yeah. You can't stop it. And they run it so much. You think they should run it every play. I would actually would run it more if it were me. I don't even think it was the Rams playing down to their opponent. The Lions stole three possessions. Yeah. And they still lost by nine. Still a two-score game. Matthew Stafford was 28 of 41 for 334 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. So, again, I think you tip your cap to the line and say, y'all did everything you could to cover in this game, and all of your betters thank you for it. But the Rams are still a really good football team and one of the favorites in the NFC. Yep. And the Lions, now the only winless team in the NFL. But we all love Dan Campbell, and hopefully they can maybe come closer, at least covering the spread, than more people like them, Covering right? Campbell. Just, just, just covering Campbell. All right, so those are the wins, but like we did with our victory laps, we got to give you your L's. Um, so the worst results, we'll start with the Colts and 49ers. Colts win 30-18 to 18 at home. The 49ers were the four-and-a-half-point favorite. Opened four-and-a-half. That got bet to four. This is the fourth straight loss for the 49ers. I'm curious to hear your quarterback take on this game. Um, it was a messy game altogether. The rain was ridiculous. I tweeted out the last thing I would want to do is be at this game in person. But then I followed it up by saying if it was a Patriots game, then maybe I would want to be there. But still, not a fun game to watch. Jimmy G was all over the place. Penalties were an issue, continue to be for the 49ers. 
No defense in the NFL has committed more pass interference penalties than them. And when you're not that good of a team, you probably shouldn't be committing so many penalties. So not a pretty game for us to watch. Not a great game for you guys either. At what point did you in the book realize this was going to be a loss? Um, well, right before the game started, we looked at the numbers and we're like, oh boy, we got a lot <laughs> riding on this right here. So like you said, we opened four and a half. We actually closed three on this game. Mm. Uh, took some big bets right before kickoff on the Colts and got a little buyback on the Niners at three, but not enough to really make a dent in things. And then, yeah, it was ugly game, like you said. <clears throat> I think the betters really like the Colts in this spot just because, you know, they're really a run-heavy offense. Mm. And the Niners, I mean, like you saw from Jimmy G, a couple mistakes here, mistakes there, just really sloppy. You can't really just count on a guy like that, especially, you know, to lay, lay points. It was kind of just, a, you know, Colts or nothing, I feel like is what betters were thinking. This, to me, was like the Bills-Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago. It was a very, very trendy, chalk underdog pick for the public. Mm -hmm. Everyone was on the Colts. I didn't see anybody yeah. that was on the Niners in this one. And for good reason. The Niners have been a mess. They've got a ton of injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good. And another guy, too, who's been in the league at this point. Absolutely. He is what it is. I yeah. think he threw his last, his last pass as a member of the Niners on Sunday night. Mm. Assuming Trey Lance can stay healthy, get healthy this week, and then still remain healthy for the rest of the season. But he's done. You, you can't – the healthy Trey Lance – you can't, in good faith, throw Jimmy Garoppolo back out there at 2-4. and four. Throw out the conversation of Jimmy Garoppolo gives us the biggest chance to win. We're trying to compete and, and win a Super Bowl this year. That's gone. You're 2-4 and four in a loaded NFC West. The Cardinals and Rams are sprinting away from you. Play the young guy now and get him reps. Mm -hmm. I hope, for everyone's sake, that Trey Lance is healthy so we can see him down the road because I can't bear to watch more Jimmy Garoppolo ducks of anything longer than 15 yards. Yes, it was wet football last night. It was ugly weather. Carson Wentz doing it just fine. Yep. Michael Pittman playing Randy, the role of Randy Moss, dominating the Niners secondary. It's a bad football team right now, even though Debo Samuel, he's a beast. P Pittman's awesome. I love Pittman. Michael Pittman is sweet. Yeah, he'll go up and get that ball. He's sweet. Yeah. Um, the Niners are in a bad place. And I think Kyle Shanahan, I'm a, one of the biggest Kyle Shanahan stands ever. I think he's one of the, the brightest offensive minds in football, but he, ha he hasn't handled the quarterback situation well. He had the, maybe the worst challenge in NFL history last night, just seemingly out of anger, throwing the flag because they, he wanted them to get that fumble. Mm. I mean, it was a fumble, and the, the clearest of clear recoveries by the Colts, and he threw his challenge flag. And everyone on Twitter and everyone on what's happening? The broadcast had no idea what was happening. The refs were surprised that he challenged it. And then you look at the, the postgame quotes, Darius Leonard star linebacker for the Colts, says they came out and we had a hard time with their misdirection. And the Niners marched their first drive. Eight plays, 78 yards to open the game. Elijah Mitchell capping it with a 14-yard touchdown run. He had 50-plus rushing yards on that drive. And he said, we were thankful they got away from that. Yikes. It's a big indictment of Kyle Shanahan because that's squarely on his shoulders in terms of his decision-making as a play caller. Question before we go to the next game. Jimmy G, 29 years old, and I missed what you said. You said this is that was his last game with this team? His last pass attempt. Okay, so would you with see him team. going somewhere as a backup? Yeah, he'll be in the league. Okay. But, but there's really not much. No hope. one's signing him. I mean, he's going to end up, he's going to have like a Tyrod Taylor career arc. Oh, boy. Tyrod Taylor? <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's played better ball than Jimmy Garoppolo oh, this yeah, year when he's been healthy. Yeah. yeah. But I know what that trajectory looks like, though. It's not a... It's, it's journeyman backup at this point. Yep. 
I don't know. You haven't seen anything from Jimmy Garoppolo to suggest otherwise. No, not at all. Way too much stick. Turns the ball over. Bad decisions. Doesn't have a great deep ball for not enough carrot. Like, what's the upside? Not much. Which is crazy to think that Aaron Rodgers is 37 years old and he's still in the MVP conversation. (laughs) It's just so crazy to say we're talking about these kids who are younger than I am and I'm only 25. And then we have guys who have 30. I don't think you're old enough to call anyone a kid. I, I, I didn't even mean to say kid, but like they're they're what twenty? These kids, you're a kid. You got to turn thirty. <laughs> I don't first. know. Twenty five's like I'm almost thirty. I'm like the chaperone on this show. The old <laughs> oh, man at thirty two. You can't anyway, call anyone a kid. Well, Aaron Rodgers is thirty seven. He could call me a kid. Okay, that's fair. sure. Anyways, Green Bay. <laughs> Green Bay won twenty four ten at home against Washington. I mentioned this was part of my parlay. Um, not that it was a sweat, but it was a little bit more of a sweat than the Patriots game. Green Bay opened nine and a half. They were down to eight before kickoff. Um, and many of us were honest to see Green Bay cover the point, uh, to cover the spread here. The prediction was that Washington's defense, as we've been talking about, uh, that they weren't going to create too much issues, but they did pretty well with pressure. They forced Rodgers to spread the ball around. It really came down to Rodgers with three touchdown passes, a dominant red, red zone defense. Grant, because Green Bay covered, almost 90% of the money was on the spread there. So this was a loss for the book, but you say there was some silver lining here. Where was that? Yeah, so this game, like like you said, open nine and a half, closed eight. This was kind of a look-ahead spot for the Packers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got Arizona coming up on Thursday night, and some people were thinking, you know, Washington will get inside the number here. Um, Like you saw, they could have kept it close, but their red zone efficiency was horrible. They had two, two straight drives, I believe, in the red zone, came away with zero points. Yeah. And I don't think the Packers have stopped anyone in the red zone all year. And, in fact, I think they were, like, 11 for 11 and giving up touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, two stops in a row. I mean, it's tough to come. we got Rodgers on the other side of the ball. It's tough to, you know, stick around in a game like that. Washington had four trips to the red zone and scored zero touchdowns, which yep. is there you go. suboptimal. Taylor Heineke with the gaff of the weekend. Did you see that play? He's rolling to his right. He's got all day. Run into the end zone. Yep. And it was like the lamest <laughs> of lame dives. He's fun. an athletic dude too. Fast guy. He's got wheels. He's got wheels. Got it was wheels. just like two and he seconds. Like, and he like, two seconds. He early. like fetal positioned in front of the goal line, then got up and celebrated. Lambo did a Lambo leap. Yeah. And then didn't get in on fourth down. Yep. Taylor, what are you doing? Sweetie, why? No. Sweetie. <laughs> Sweetie. Taylor. Is there hope in? for him? No. No. Taylor no. Heineke, dude. <laughs> He's gonna Taylor Heineke yeah. is entertaining in spurts. Yeah. Like that's what you get from him. Yeah. Like there's gonna be a couple plays like, oh, that dude is fast. That white boy can move. And he's gonna have a couple throws. But by and large, yeah, this guy's not good. I think Washington's big problem is Gibson. Like he just doesn't seem healthy. I know he's had like a shin injury, mm-hmm. but he doesn't when he hits the open field, like he used to just take off. He doesn't really have, you know, that uh that next gear, it seems like. Grant, Washington has a lot of problems. <laughs> the, the, de- the defense is just not how it was, you know, the past When the defense years. is supposed to be in top three and they're quite literally one of the worst in football, yeah. you just know you're not going to win games. Yeah. By far the most disappointing, like, singular position or uh, side of the football in, I, in the league. I agree. Washington's defense. I still think it's crazy that the score was only 24-10, though. And we had so many blowouts, and this was the one game that not that, that's a cl- that, not that it's close, but throughout yeah. the game, you and I both said, it's not like, oh, this is going to be a blowout, right? You know it's a bad slate when it was, this, is it was your, just, this is your close yeah, game. Yeah, it was, it was a bad slate. Uh, I want to finish with the Titans and Chiefs. Uh, Titans win and cover 27-3 at home, so this was quite a blowout. Um, this closed Chiefs were the four-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Chiefs now sitting tied for last in the AFC West. The three points scored are the fewest in the Mahomes era. Mahomes now has one or more interceptions in six straight games, the longest of his career. He's up there with Zach Wilson. That's an issue. Um, and it's against the, against the Titans, who don't have a terrible defense, but did we really think it was good enough to keep the Chiefs to three points? Or is it not even that? Is it just that the Chiefs aren't good? The, the Chiefs are in shambles on both sides of the ball. Um, Mahomes is running for his life. Um, reminded me of the Super Bowl that, this past year. He was running for his life there. It seems like yeah. it kind of just carried over. And, I mean, the defense, you just expect the defense to struggle at this point. But, I mean, it was an ugly one. Pat Mahomes is playing bad football right now. He's got just as many interceptions as Zach Wilson, turning the ball over more than any other quarterback in football. He, he looks like a dude who is pressing to a ridiculous degree of trying to, as opposed to just taking what's there in the flow of the offense and trying to score a touchdown on every possession because he knows his defense is going to give one up. And so the Chiefs are in an awful spot. This is a bottoming out point. But my, and why I wanted to bring this game up was the Titans are came, coming off a monster win against the Bills and got no respect. The Vegas put it out as minus two and a half. That's where we had it. Got all the way up to five and a half before ending around five. So everyone's still backing the Chiefs. This isn't new. This is obviously a bottoming out point for the Chiefs scoring just three points. None of us expected it to be that bad. But we've known that Patrick Mahomes isn't playing well and the offense is struggling. We've known the defense is terrible, has no pass rush, can't cover anybody, can't stop the run, although they oddly did that in this game, keeping Derrick Henry just 86 mm -hmm. yards on 29 carries. But I, I want to ask you, Grant, of why is, are people still weekly showing up and putting in Chiefs tickets when we've had now more than a month of evidence to say this team isn't that good and the Titans were coming off of such a monster win. Yeah, I mean, there's just certain teams, like, I mean, just top of my head, Packers, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs, no matter what the line is, the public's coming to the window. They, they're going to lay the points with Mahomes until he's retired. He's, just, he's exciting to watch, and they don't really care what the line is. That's, that's my opinion. So they play the Giants. You said that you guys are favoring the Giants. Your numbers are favoring the Giants. Do you have a look ahead? Uh, off Chiefs the top Giants? of my head, I do not. But, I mean, yeah. that, that's an interesting spot right there. Right? Yeah. Curious. Especially if Pat Mahomes is hurt. That's on Monday night. Chiefs right now in nine and a half point favorites. But I, I imagine that will continue to get back yeah. down, especially as Patrick Mahomes. You think down? See, I, I think that'll close 10. Really? really? Yeah. Because just the trend of just people hammering the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. we'll see. So how how, how bad do they have to get? From what you've seen and and being in the industry, how bad does a team or a quarterback have to be for the public to start fading them? I mean, you, we, we're, it seems like we're seeing consistency now of them, you know, in a downward swing. Maybe a couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah. three and four, so maybe a, a little worse than that. But yeah, right. they're in a tough spot in the AFC West, though. The Raiders look nice. Raiders do. Raiders look really good. Yep. Yes, they do. Credit to them, 2-0 and oh, since the John Gruden fiasco. Again, right? That's, that's not a Talk about pass rush. Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby. These guys are balling right now. Yeah. Convincing win against the Eagles, who and, look terrible. And we're right here to see it all, which is fun. Before we let you go, I want to talk tonight. Uh, Saints slaying four against the Seahawks. Finishing up week seven. It's a little bit more of an interesting game than what we've had all week and all weekend. What is it looking like in terms of action with tickets and money here? Uh, Publix, Publix on the Saints here. Yeah, public likes the Saints. Uh, the total opened 43 uh, and a half, got bet down to 41 and a half. Um, I know we were talking earlier. It seems like it might be an ugly game up there. Mm. That storm on the West Coast getting everyone. Yep. Um, we'll get to this game. Yeah, we, we're going to do some winning picks. I've got picks, some so. thoughts. Yeah, good to know, though. Seems like we're on the same side. 
yeah. with the public. We are the public, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, Grant, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. We enjoy the insight Appreciate as you. always. Yep. As always. All right, we're going to get to the game tonight, but first let's talk baseball because uh, we just talked about the fact that it's already week eight in the NFL, which is crazy. World Series got here so fast. Braves-Astros. Braves took the series against the Dodgers after a 4-2 win Saturday in the NLCS. Astros shut out my socks in game six of the ALCS, which was just brutal to watch. I had a little more faith, and they let me down. Either way, World Series starts now. Game one tomorrow. Astros the minus-130 favorite at home to lay out the situation here. Home field goes to Houston because they had the better regular season record, winning 95 games. So game one and two in Houston, three games in Atlanta, final two in Houston. If you're looking at the series price, Astros minus 145, World Series favorite, Braves at plus 130. We had our takes on uh, World Series before any of this happened a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Well, all of the teams that you mentioned are out, right? Because I, I had White Sox. I had a little money on the Red Sox. <laughs> Neither of these teams did I have. Did you expect this? How, how far off is this from? Did you ever emotionally you hedge and bet on the Astros? You didn't, did you? What? No. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. One game. Yes, I did. So I, I've made some money on these guys. Okay. <laughs> the Astros were a, I mean, the favorite in the uh, American League for a reason. Yes. They're still a juggernaut. They are severely going to miss Lance McCullers, um, who was carrying them to the early part of the postseason. The Braves have just caught lightning in a bottle. This lineup is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Eddie Rosario is the best player in baseball, apparently, because that dude is seeing the ball better than anyone in these playoffs. Hitting over 500 mm. in the postseason. It's ridiculous. Home run after home run. Set an NL or an, uh a, a CS record, an LCS record, uh, with or tied it with 14 hits uh, in one series. He has been unbelievable. I'm still taking the Astros here, though, because I just don't want to fade that lineup. Jordan Alvarez was the ALCS MVP. This series, it could be Altuve or Kyle Tucker or Carlos Correa. They're just that good of a team. As, as you saw with the Red Sox, that series turned on its head with one missed strike call, and all of a sudden they rattle off seven runs, eight runs, mm -hmm. whatever it was, with two outs. I still think they have enough pitching. And the one thing that, that tips the scales in Houston's favor is Atlanta's bullpen is left-hand heavy. Yes. Yep. And the Astros, the fourth-best team in baseball uh, against left-handed pitching with a, a 788 OPS, I hope it's a good series. I think it will be. Atlanta's rocking right now. What a great atmosphere at that ballpark. Houston, we know that place rocks as well. I love October baseball, um, and I think this is going to be a good series, but ultimately I'm taking uh, the Astros. That I'm fine laying the juice at minus 145. I'm, I'm with you there, but you also have to mention, you know, the Braves' starting rotation, they sort of have an edge here. They have Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Charlie Morton. They have a combined 326 postseason ERA. Like, yes, they've caught – lightning in a bottle or whatever that term is. Which, You've never heard that term? No, I've never heard that right. term. But anyways. Um, it's because you're a kid. Yeah, I, old it's, guy. it's because I'm a kid. Yeah. But I agree. It's just hard to fade this Astros offense that has been so dominant all season. They continue to be. I, I, yeah, I'm going to lay the juice with you here, but it'll be, it'll be a good uh, series. I hope. I hope too. I'm sad my socks aren't in it, but you know. Whatever it happens. <laughs> Let's go back to football before we leave. Game tonight, we just uh, heard from Grant that the public's on the Saints. 
I was going to go with the side here, but I, I'm going to go back to props. I'm going to go Jameis Winston. And I'm taking an under, which is which is very outside of the box for me because I usually you? like to find overs that I like. But I'm going to go Jameis Winston under 25 and a half passing attempts at minus 115. He's hit this under in every game except for one. The Saints have run 43.5% passing plays, 56.5 rushing this season. We saw the weather last night. I don't know if it's going to be the same, but I know that's kind of pushing through. So rain, wind, not great for the passing game. I'm hoping for, expecting more emphasis on the ground game. How much um, juice is that? Is it minus 1.2? Minus 115. Or minus 115. Yeah. Minus 115? Minus 115. Or 115. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Um, I'm going to uh, go with the public and take the Saints minus four. This, to me, is an easy one. I think the Seahawks competed last week against the Steelers but the Steelers are a bad football team and the Steelers couldn't stop the run. Alex Collins ran all over them that second half to get the Seahawks back into that game. The Saints are the best team in football against the run, allowing just 3.3 yards per carry. No brainer for me. Saints minus four. I think they cover that easily. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised that it's only four. So. We'll see what happens. Um, good luck to both of us because we always like to support each other on here. Joe, thank you all for watching slash listening. We will see you guys on Thursday.